Welcome to First World Today. Let's talk about what's wrong with our world. Why, why, why all this thing going on? All these troubles, various struggles, political, economic, social, psychological, family level, personal level, national level, global level. What's wrong with our world? You know, the answer we give to this will determine how we're going to turn out at the end of the day. You know, people think that it's just economic, I just wrong with our world. If you just can get economic right, economics, economy right, it will be okay. Or you can just, you know, live together, social life, we get together, we'll just, everybody's satisfied, you know. What's wrong with our world? Let's go deeper. Let's go beyond the surface. You see, you don't find gold, precious stones on the surface. Let's dig into the scriptures and find out what's wrong with our world. And we're amazed by the answer we'll get. It may sound foolish to us because we're already foolish. That's the reason why. But if you are really wise, you know, it may sound great to us. You know, we all men, we are not, we are not, we don't have access to real strong wisdom. We're talking about the whole world as a, as, as a whole, the world as a whole. Let's look at what Paul said in chapter 4, 2 Corinthians. We're going to read verse 3 and verse 4. Listen to this. But even if our gospel is veiled or is covered or hidden, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Verse 4 says, Whose mind the God of this age has blinded? And who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, which the image of God, should shine on them? Mm. I would like us to look and delve deeper into this verse. You know, he said, if our good news, so there is a good news that can turn this world upside down. He said, it is veiled, it is covered, it is hidden. From who? He said, those who are perishing. Mark that word. First thing, perishing. Then he went further to describe those who are perishing. Whose mind the God of this world or this age has blinded. So, those who are perishing are blinded. And the blindness is not just physical, it's from a spiritual perspective. And they call it the God of this world. Small letter. Interesting. So there's another God beside the real God, capital God of heaven. They call it the God of this world or the God of this age. And he said, who do not believe? Okay. Lest the light of the gospel or the good news of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Aha. Uh-huh. So the good news brings the glory. And today, that's what our world is lacking. Glory has departed. The world is in shambles, darkness is prevailing everywhere. See, almost all structures are coming apart. Not only at the human level, but at the physical level, at the level of, you know, the art, the climate, everything. Why? The glory is moving off. The best of the art is giving way to the worst. And he said that glory is in the gospel, in the good news 
of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God, the best picture of God, the highest picture of God, and then shining upon people. So, so, so we, we notice there are three descriptive terms for the word. What's wrong with our word? It says first they are perishing, second blinded or blind, and third believing not, not believing or unbelieving. Those are the three major roots of the wrongness in our world today. The word perishing is very, very significant word. Remember John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only because who should not believe and should not perish but should have everlasting should not perish but have everlasting life. Should not perish but have everlasting life. So perish is the key word there. What's the word perish? The word perish is getting lost. It's getting destroyed. It's getting devalued and degraded. So, if you look at our world today, there is perishing going on, getting degraded, getting devalued, getting destroyed, coming apart. Perishing. Hell on earth. Order getting out. Chaos and disorder taking over. That's perishing. The picture of perishing is like somebody who has gotten off the way. And because he's off the way, he can never get to his destination. He'll only get worse, worse than the line. That's the picture of our world. We've gotten off the right course. <laughs> Jesus said that there is a way that the large crowds are taking and he said it leads to destruction. Remember that in Matthew 7? Let's read it in the Bible. Matthew 7. Jesus was talking about uh, that way that leads to destruction. Listen to this. It says, verse 13, Matthew 7. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. I said, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So if you look at our world today, the large populace is of course. We're taking this road that is just wide, is easy, running on it, and we are heading for disaster, destruction, and decay. And the bad things that the crowds on it, they are not easy to stop. You see, you can easily stop one person running on the road that is wrong. You can say, oh, please turn back. But when you've got millions of millions of people on a road, <laughs> it's not that easy to turn them back. They just keep on going like that. So Jesus is talking about multitudes on this wrong road as the way of perishing, leads to destruction. So things are getting destroyed spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, maritally, economically, every way, every affair of man, because we are off the way. And because we are off the way, perishing. Then something else was added. If you notice, let's go back to chapter 4, 7 Corinthians. It says, verse 3 it says, But even if our good news is veiled, it is veiled or covered or hidden to those who are perishing, whose mind, minds the God of this world or this age has blinded. Okay? So, 
It's saying that this whole crowd, this whole world has suffered blindness. I know what blindness is. Blindness is that you can't see your way. You can't understand where you are. You are just, you know, staggering. Bumping into things, stumbling on things. So you're blinded. You just can't see it. You just can't see what's right. You just can't see what is true. You wonder why. Sometimes we can get, some of us can get mad because you're so moralistic, but you know, people are just blind. What's wrong with the world is blindness. And that blindness is more than just physical blindness. If it's blindness, physical, we can do surgery for them, we can give them drugs, but this is a spiritual, moral blindness. That's the reason why marriage is breaking down. That's where you can just can see. You just can see what you just can see. What you just can see where to go. You just can see the future. So you act ugly today. And you know, this blindness is being emphasized by not another human being. It says, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. So this blindness is in the mind. And you know, the mind is where we live from our thoughts our plans, our deliberations, our decisions. We think about them. We arrive at conclusions. And say, in that place, we are blinded. The world, the whole world, the whole world is blinded. And who is blinding them? The blinder is the God of this age. So, the word of God is that there is more than Jehovah God in this world. There is another God of this age. Jesus called him the prince of this world. That's the devil himself. He has set up a massive system here, a kingdom as it were. Remember I told Jesus, he took him to a high mountain, he showed him all the kingdoms of this world and their glory. And he said, I'll give it to you if you bow down and worship me. So, people are bowing down to him and worshiping him and he's blinding them so they can't see. Your uncle can't see, your auntie can't see without Jesus. The enemy is emphasizing the blindness. Wow. That's what's wrong with our world. Our world is perishing off the cause and they are lost from the way and they are bent on destruction. The second, our world is blinded. You just can't see it. Light can shine through. What light? Not just physical light of the sun, but the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ. What's wrong with our word? We've seen the first one is we're perishing. We're of course. Second, just blind. And then third said, who do not believe? Oh, that's where our problem is. You see, there is one essential that is missing our word today. A spiritual commodity is called believing. This planet was not designed for unbelief. Was not design, designed for doubt and disbelief. This word can only operate on believing and on trust. You know, the whole business world will only collapse. We can, can always collapse when there's no more trust. So, believing is out of our world. What is believing? Believing is to accept 
words spoken on the basis of the credentials of the speaker. And our world today can be described as unbelieving. They don't have firm confidence in God. And when God is out of the equation, every other thing that is wrong will replace him. So, today, what's wrong with our world? Our world is perishing. Our world is blinded. And our world is unbelieving. Jesus said, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. We don't see God's glory in our world today because deep down, our world as a whole is not believing. Jesus said, when he said, you faithless and perverse generation, how long must I bear with you? How long must I be with you? Wow. So our unbelief Exasperated and frustrated him. The Bible says, yeah, they limited the Holy One of Israel. They refused to believe. Let's go and see that one, Psalm 78. It's an indictment against Israel at that time. And let's take a look. Listen to verse 40. Psalm 78. How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Hmm. They don't believe. They just limit God. They can't see God. They don't follow God. They are out of course. They are out of the way. like a plane that has lost its direction. He cannot land in that place. And when he's blind, he stumble around, kick that and kick this, you are target of everything around him. From deception and destruction. And also, you don't believe. So even if the answer comes toward you, you don't believe it. You know, that's what we face today. So even when the gospel comes, they're still challenging it. Remember, when, when, when Paul was talking to a particular ruler, I think King Herod, Agrippa's acts. And, 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 then, and then Paul discussed with him about the gospel about how Jesus rose from the dead. And he, you know what the man said? The man said, you, you think that you're going to use few words to convince me to be a Christian? That's a shame that God, our creator, had to talk and push and pull to get us to believe. It's like children being pushed and Pulled to believe their parent. That's a sorry world. So we live in a world today that has missed it. Of course. Blinded. And not believing. And so what will be the answer? You know, church cannot be the answer. To be honest with you, we've seen all kinds of things taking place in church. All kinds of, God has not designed the church to be the answer. Oh, what is the church then? The church is the people who have found the answer and then trying to live with the answer 
and struggling to let that answer become their life identity. That is that that, that changes everything. The church is not the answer. Of course, we know education, economy is not the answer. This is not the answer. The answer is not even the church. The answer is the gospel of Jesus Christ. They call it the gospel of the glory of Christ, of the beauty and the brilliance of Christ. So the world has not yet seen the glory and the brilliance and the power and the greatness of Jesus Christ. And that is wrapped up in the gospel. And so when we don't have the gospel, there's no light. I mean, there's no light. We cannot be enlightened. We're not going to enlighten. We are blinded. We are perishing. And we are unbelieving. We either believe the gospel or we don't believe the gospel. Remember what you said in Mark 16? He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believe, but us will be saved from this destruction. But he who does not believe will be condemned and damned. So the world is damned because they're not, they're not believing. So what do we do? Now, understanding the word, what's wrong with our word? That's why this is important for us as Christians to, to see right. We, the church, we have Jesus the answer. So what does the word need? First, they need the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need to see the good news of Jesus is the answer. I'm not the answer. You are not the answer. He is the answer. But they need to see that gospel. We don't see that gospel in the light. They be living in darkness and blindness and they will perish. And they cannot believe. They cannot believe. Nothing is impossible. All things are possible to him who believes. Hallelujah. So what do we do? Let's read some things in the Bible that will show us some of the things that happen. Listen to this. If you are going to respond right to our word, what do we do? Let's go to Romans chapter 9. Let's hear a great apostle talking about when he saw what's wrong with his own world, his own nation, what did he do? Listen to this. Romans 9 verse 1. I tell the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. That I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. Wow. Great sorrow and continual grief. What's that? Verse 3. For I could wish that I myself were accost from Christ for my brethren my countrymen according to the flesh. Wow. Mm. Look at Romans 10 verse 1. And what does he desire for them? Brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. That may they see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God but not according to knowledge. For they be ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. You know, he's saying this, the world, the zeal is looking for answers. They don't get some, but, but they are doing it in the wrong way. The right way is Christ. You can't get to your destination on the wrong road. There will be more seminars, more conferences, more organizations, more spending. But the key thing is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ becoming real to our world. Not just 
seeing pastors and ministers of the gospel and seeing large churches and seeing all kinds of flowery expressions, but coming in contact. If you look at, at for instance, Apostle Paul was changed from worst criminal to great saint just by an encounter with Jesus, the good news of Jesus Christ. So, what do we do as a church? You know, we can start thinking that we can change the world and start running and start, you know, we've seen that, you know, that, you know, that trying to change the world, trying to, you know, what do we do? Uh, what do we do first of all? If you're going to help our world, let's go to First Timothy 2. Paul, understanding the depth of human predicament, see what he said we should do. First Timothy 2, verse 1. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all those who are in authority, that you may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Next verse. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God. Who want desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth? For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whoa. You know, when you are kidnapped, your kidnapper will ask for a ransom, something in exchange for you to be released. And because the world had been captured in evil and chaos and destruction, the devil who captured them, blinded them, has been given a ransom on the cross of Calvary. Jesus paid for it. That is the good news. The Son of God offered himself on the altar of the cross to redeem mankind. So what do we do? How do we, you know, yeah, we can go around and announce the gospel, but if they are perishing, they are, of course, they are, they are blind, they can't see, and they don't believe. What do we do? So he said, first of all, that supplications, that's definite request for definite people. He said, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. That means we start praying for people, requesting from God to intervene in their lives. And that intervention that they may be saved. God desires for all men to be saved and to come to the truth. God wants to save their life, save their home, save their marriage, save their future. And the only way He can save them is through the power of the gospel. The Bible says that God has ordained that man can be saved by the preaching of the gospel. And if you don't pray that, that their heart be open. And remove the blindness from their life. They cannot walk in it. So we need to pray. We need to supplicate. We need to intercede. We need to give thanks. For all men. I'm imploring you to start praying for people. I know you need things. I know you want things from God. But God wants people. He desires all men to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. Will you participate in this program? And the very first thing is not to run over the world and do all kinds of projects, is to get involved in prayer. He said, first of all, prayer, supplications, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men. Then in verse 2, he said, 
particularly for kings and for those who are in authority. Because those who are in authority and kings, they can, they can, can hold back people, society, from living their life and from following God. So he said we should pray for our president, pray for our rulers and governors, those who are in authority in our workplaces, the private sector and public sector. We should pray for them. We should pray for them so that we that are coming to the truth and living by the answer may lead a godly life. And with peace and quietness that we can now spread this truth. What's wrong with our world? Blind? Perishing? And unbelieving? And what they need? The light of the gospel. And our first thing to do for them is to pray like Paul did. We should carry great sorrow and continual grief. Not because we don't have a blessings because these men and women need to have encounter with Jesus Christ. Let me round up with this. I had the Lord's prayer one time. It said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I started asking myself, what is the will of God? I need to hear from Jesus. What is the will of God? It was when we said we should pray the will of God be on earth as it is in heaven. Then I stumble on this in John chapter 6 talking about the will of God and three verses are talking about the will of God listen to this verse 20 verse 38 John 6 for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me what's this will look at next verse 39 this is the will of the father who sent me that of all he has given me I should lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day. Listen, next verse, verse 40. And this is the will of him who sent me that everyone who sees the son and believes in him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up that he will not perish. So the will of God and men will see Jesus. The light will come to them and they will believe on him. And when they do, the root of human problem will be destroyed. Right the road. So it's time for us to look up to God and say, God, that made me see Jesus. I made me walk with God. That's what I'd like you to say. What's wrong with our world? The bad news has taken over. And the only way is to pray in the good news and expect God to move. Let's read this for the final note. In chapter 3, Second Thessalonians. Paul was asking them to pray for him in that uh, church of the Thessalonica. And this is what he said he should pray. Listen to this. Chapter 3. Second letter of Thessalonians from Paul. Verse 1. Finally, brethren, handing up, pray for us that the word of the Lord, that's the gospel of Jesus, may run swiftly and be glorified just this among you. Pray that the word of the Lord may run sweetly. Pray that the word of God will run and advance and prosper and be propagated very well. Today the church is abandoning the word of God. That's the answer for the human race. Let's pray that. Let's pray that. Let's pray chapter 4, Colossians verse 3. Praying, meanwhile praying also for us that God will open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery, the hidden truth of Christ 
It is also in bondage. So, to pray that the truth of Christ will penetrate people, that the pastors and the preachers, the minister of the gospel will speak the word of, they will speak the mystery of Christ. Not just preaching all kinds of things. In chapter 6, Colossians, so Ephesians chapter 6, Paul was asking for prayer. And what, what was he asking for in his prayer? Listen to this. In verse 19, he said, And for me, pray for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Pray that the word of God will go boldly all over the world and run swiftly and that men be saved. And then our word will begin to have the right answers coming to them and they can now really turn things around. You know, that's vitally important. Let me close with this story. A man went to work and he couldn't finish his work at work so he brought the work home. He knew that his son that was at home would like to play with him so he asked him Daddy, will you play with me? Oh, the father wanted to do some work so he said, let me find some complicated puzzle and give it to him. And that puzzle will help to get him busy so he will not have to in the next 8 or 10 hours. So he gave the boy the puzzle to go work it. Thinking that the next five hours when he finished the work will be there. Twenty minutes, the boy was back. Or less than that. He said, Daddy, I've gotten the puzzle. The father said, you can't do that. That's not true. You cannot put the puzzle together. The boy said, Dad, you don't understand. You see, that puzzle is so complicated. But I look behind it. There's a picture of a man. When I put the picture together, then the complication stops and the puzzle came together. You see, behind all human, all what's wrong with our word is a human being. And the picture that we put it together is the image of God, Christ, the glory of God. If we can put Christ together with the man, the complications and the puzzles in our world, even in our churches, will begin to give way to answers. Thank you for listening.